Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, we love doing this show for you every single week, but doing the show is not free. So if you enjoy the show, we ask maybe uh, consider helping us out a bit and supporting it. You can do that by becoming an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com. EPP means extra podcast person. You get an extra podcast for your support of the show. Every single week, we send you a brand new one. And you get access to our past archive of EPP episodes as well. Right now, that's more than 15 bonus episodes along with the weekly episode that you'll be getting every single week for only five bucks a month. If you like the show, help keep us on the air. And become an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com today. And thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. While away for a weekend ski trip, two children are visited by a prankster of a ghost. But you won't believe who shows up to protect the children. Richard Simmons. Not exactly. Okay. Three employees of a haunted house lock themselves in for the night to secure the property. But after the doors are locked, they are the ones scared most of all. The ghost of of an albino man and his dog roam the back roads of Pennsylvania. Is the dog albino too or just a man? Just the man. Okay. That'd be interesting, albino man and albino dog. That would be. A daughter agrees to help her mother clean out a storage unit, but who is singing to the music while they work? Those stories, your calls and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. It's Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hello. Storage unit always makes me think of that uh, show on Spike, the, the Storage Wars. Uh-huh. I can't stand that show anymore. Uh-uh. First season, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, because it was it was so not scripted yet, and then producers got their hands on it and went to town with it, to just to a a point of just ruining the show. Because yeah. I like just the naturalness of semi reality TV. Just ask the people questions, let them give their answers. Mm-hmm. By season two or season three, it was okay. The producers are feeding them the lines, and you can tell because these are really not actors. No, and it was just painful to watch the show. So, is it even on anymore? I don't even know. It's... I don't know. I haven't <laughs> watched that show in a long time. I've I've just really kind of gotten tired of reality TV. Yeah. I was never really huge on it to be. I watched The Real World back in the day. Oh, really? Like one with like Puck and some of the original folks on there. See, I'm all about my dramas. Yeah. I The reality stuff, yeah, there, there hasn't been. I never watched Survivor or Big Brother or many of them. I was into Survivor big time the first <coughs> season and then I quit being into it. Really? What are they on, like Survivor 50 now or so? I don't even know. I think it's close to 20. Yeah. Speaking know. of going, I, that's funny because it hasn't been twenty years since it's been on the air. So that means they've done more than one, uh, one a year to oh, make yeah. it up to twenty. Uh, speaking of going back in time, uh, interestingly enough, we found out one of our listeners, uh, Matthew, uh, in Vancouver, uh, actually uh, he he was listening to the show and he heard one of my references to a small little bait shop in my hometown, and he said he about fell off his chair. Uh, because he's like, oh my God, that's my hometown too. 
uh-huh. of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. <laughs> and uh, this is not a big town. I mean, the town's like 40,000 people or so. So the odds of someone listening to our show that is from that town, uh, you know, here and there. But, uh, you know, when you're considering the entire world audience that we have, not so, you know, good odds. You no. know, unless it's somebody that already knows me. Um <laughs> and uh, he, uh, it turns out we were exchanging emails. Uh, we actually went to the same elementary school for a short period of time. He's a couple years older than me, so he would have been in seventh or eighth grade when I was in about second and third grade. And this was a school that was K through eight. Okay. And and this was a private school. This too. was a yeah. This was a private. Uh, it was a parochial school, is what they call it up there. It's a, a Lutheran uh, school. So, so even. Smaller odds that yeah. you two very small yeah. school. I mean, this was not class sizes of about thirty kids. Oh wow! Okay, so not a big school, even with eight grades in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember these the big kids, the seventh and eighth graders. When I was you know second or third grade, they were big kids. Sure, it's like oh my god. So it turns out he was one of them. Uh huh. <laughs> he listens to the show now. It was just funny, just totally randomly exchanging emails. He went to my grade school, and so we inevitably we were in many a pep rallies together and Christmas programs, and it's just funny how small of a world it can be sometimes. Oh, definitely. When you hear from folks and just uh, not only the same town, but we had so many interactions and same memories, really, you know, like the Christmas Eve were big memories for me back in those days, you know, so we share some of those. It's kind of funny. Well, he probably has all the supper club knowledge that you. Oh do yeah, too. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he knows of all the supper clubs back in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin that do that no longer exist. Uh, but uh, just funny stuff. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. If you have a real ghost story, you can share it with us on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, let's kick off the show tonight. Let's go to a letter first off. Uh, Stacy writes in first I'd like to tell you that I love listening to your show while doing chores around the house makes folding clothes and washing dishes a little more bearable I've been interested in the paranormal for as long as I can remember my story is about an aunt that passed away this past New Year's Eve do you say aunt or aunt I say aunt I always said aunt Mm mm-hmm for whatever reason, since I've been doing this show, I've been saying aunt when I'm reading the letters. Okay. I don't know why. What do you like better? What I know. and so I'm Should sh- I start saying aunt? You say it however you want. Because I always said aunt. I don't know why I'm saying aunt. I don't know. I don't know. It's just the way that I feel the, 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 the writer would say it. <laughs> I don't know. Are you channeling that? I'm channeling the writers. Okay. When my mom and I found out she had been taken to the hospital, we immediately left to go to see what had happened to her. She lived two and a half hours away, and sadly, we did not make it in time to see her. She and I were very close with each other for all of my 43 years on this earth. We went to her house to wait for her son to get there and decided to clean up her kitchen. I said to my mom, she'd be horrified if she knew we were standing here doing her dishes, wouldn't she? The following evening, I was back at home and sitting in the living room with my fiancé and my teenage son when we all heard the dishes in the kitchen sink start to rattle. It wasn't just a little rattling, but a lot. My son thought it was our dog getting into something, but he was on the floor beside me. I said to them, I think it's Aunt Jerry. 
either saying or either saying thanks for doing my dishes or what in the world did you do my dishes for? My aunt will be sadly missed as my two children and I love to visit her several times a year. Well, I'm sorry for your recent loss. And I think it's funny. She was probably rattling your dishes because you did them for her. Shouldn't be a thankful ghost. Can't you just be thankful you're dead and someone took the courtesy of doing your dishes for you? Do you have to still be upset about that? I I think <clears throat> it was just kind of a, hey, I know you did this and you thought of me when you were doing this. Mm-hmm. So this is my little way of saying a I'm recognition? still here. Okay. Yeah. Not necessarily anger? No, okay. no. I think it was more just because they were really actively thinking about what the aunt would think if they if she knew that they were doing her dishes if i was a ghost i would just go start the dishwasher and then go hey why don't you just use the dishwasher you know but you know what some of those are so quiet now you wouldn't even hear it yeah you really wouldn't it's amazing how that works it is because of the new g i know right here's product placement for a dishwasher on a ghost show no there isn't uh if you like the show be sure to tell a friend about it whether it's Online, on the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube, the internets, maybe face-to-face. Maybe you could page them using your pager. Does that even happen anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I saw it on a show the other day with uh, with our uh, eight-year-old, and uh, uh, it was this is like an older movie, not that old. And uh, she's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. She didn't say what the hell, but she said, what is that? Well, that's a pager. What's that? It's like uh, ancient texting. I had to, I just, I used the term phone cord to describe something to her mm-hmm. one time. And she was like, what is a phone cord? There's she, one right here. There's one in my office. I know, but that's not something she sees on a regular basis. Or uses. No. I mean, ever since she's been around, phones have been either cordless or cell phones. She doesn't know what a phone cord is. She did not understand what I meant by that. I can't blame her. No, it just is such a... It's crazy. A disconnect. Start talking to her about surge drinks and uh, what were some of the cereals on that thing? Ice cream cone cereal? Now, that would be awesome. They should bring that back. That would be a huge <laughs> hit today. Do you remember the ice cream cone cereal? No. It was like little, like, cereal-shaped cones that were really badly shaped because for whatever reason, I'm sure when they were manufactured, you couldn't quite keep a perfect cone. They would kind of collapse on themselves. Uh, and the little balls, so like kicks type balls, but uh-huh. like chocolate and vanilla flavored. And it was like ice cream cone cereals. It was, you know, that's what it was called. Huh. Remember Cookie Crisp? Did they still make Cookie Crisp? I remember Cookie Crisp. I don't think so. That was really like eating little cookies for breakfast. Yeah. It really was quite delicious. <laughs> it was like too much, though. I never really... I couldn't get in. It was like overload on cookies. I remember sugar was in that thing. Mark writes in, Thank you both for doing this podcast. I'm not quite through all the episodes because they tend to freak me out. After I started listening to your show, it brought back a memory from when I was a young child. My story begins back into the early 1980s in an old lodge in Geezer, Arizona that my parents took me to when I was 10 years old and my sister 14 years old for a weekend of skiing. I need to preface my story with this. Uh, It was the first time we actually spent the weekend at the lodge. And my parents were friends with the owners at the time and had been given the largest room in the lodge. Architecturally, the cabin room was made of two bedrooms with the center back of the main room. After a long day of skiing, we had dinner and our parents requested for my sister and I to go back to the room and stay in either of the two adjacent rooms. 
My mother escorted us up to the room and got into my pajamas and ripped the sheets up from the bed mattress as if the bed was made up as a military bunk. Noted importance later in the story. I made sure that the room light was on because I was young and in an unfamiliar environment and didn't want to be scared. I went to bed and fell asleep. This is where my story gets strange. I was woken up by the feeling of being choked by bed sheets and blankets as if the bed was made with me in it. My arms were to my sides, therefore making it difficult to break the sheets that were tucked under the mattress and making it difficult to breathe. I then quickly noticed my room was extremely cold because my exhaled breath was emitting steam. In addition, the light was off and the closest door directly in front of my bed was open. There was a childlike figure standing within the closet near the open door, dimly illuminating the bedroom. The lit figure then quickly floated over me, then flew back towards the closet and through the wall into the room my sister was staying in. I was then able to break the sheets from the mattress. I'm not sure if I just passed out due to lack of oxygen or was in shock. But I woke up in the morning and ran out, out to find my parents in the main room, trying to find a rational reason to what happened in the middle of the night. I and somewhat upset, I proceeded to ask them if they came into my room last night and turned off the room light, opened and turned on the closet light, and tucked me in. They said no, they didn't. I started to tell them what occurred when my sister came out of her room, upset about how cold her room was, and started listening. After I finished explaining what occurred, my sister stated she was also woken up by a bright globe-like light within her room, and when she noticed the light, it hovered over her, then quickly went through the wall to outside of the lodge. My parents then told us a story they heard from the owner of the lodge about a ghost that likes to play jokes on the employees and makes itself visible to visitors. It sounded as if the ghost was more playful than malevolent. But after what I went through, I'm not sure. The one thing I'm sure is the glowing childlike figure was my brother that passed away 11 years prior. I'm sure he was the one that stopped whatever was occurring in my room and checked on my sister and make sure he was, she was okay. The reason I'm sure it was my brother is because I felt his presence when I was younger and I recognized that it was him even though I never physically met my brother. After writing this story, I called my mom and was talking about documenting this for memory. She told me that when I was young, she would ask my deceased brother to watch over me and my sisters all the time, and she believes my interpretation of the lit child figure as my brother was because of that. Thanks for reading my story, and best wishes. I think that's so interesting that even though he never met his brother, he could sense that that's who the spirit was. Just, a, I guess, an inherent familiarity. Well, it makes sense. I mean, somewhat sense. I mean, I think of it this way. There is, I don't know, I, I have a similar feeling when, I have no brothers or sisters, just for, so the audience knows that. Um, but the closest I have, I have three cousins, Sean, Ben, and Sam. And I have a similar feeling around all of them. Mm -hmm. And they were all, were all somewhat similar in age. Um, but there's just that, that familiarity about them. You know, it's we're very close growing up. We were real little and spent a lot of time together and a lot of time back and forth at each other's homes and houses. And, um, you know, 
I, I kind of attribute it to that almost. If you can think of, you know, if I'm with one or the other, I, I still I have a feeling I'm with one of them. Uh-huh. Okay, you know, one of the brothers. I just, you know, maybe it's all psychological. I don't know. But, you know, had there been a brother I had never known or met, and then I suddenly met later in life, but, you know, was brought up with the same family, mm-hmm. which would have been fairly, you know, well, I guess somewhat possible, but, um, and he showed up, but had the same surroundings and, and upbringing. Uh huh. I think I'd feel that familiarity there, too. Okay. It'd be totally different if, you know, it was the other child was adopted out or something, totally different family, different environment. And I think it's a sense of the family and the environment that that kind of creates that feeling. Okay. Whether it be just similar understanding and interests of, of who you're around and, you know, the energy that surrounds you. Am I making sense here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That so, makes sense. So that, that's kind of how I think maybe he had that feeling. It's just, oh, this is someone from my same environment, mm-hmm. essentially, that that feels like me, feels like where I belong from, that they belong there. I would think that that could resonate. Okay. That's where I'm going with it. That makes sense. It's a long-winded answer. No, it's a good explanation. So... 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hey, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Press subscribe. show goes directly to you. You never miss a single episode. Nancy writes in, since my dad passed away in 1999, I've had several dreams, which I believe are visitations from people in my life who have passed. I know Tony doesn't believe in them unless they're an actual connection with reality, but I know from experience that there's a definite difference in this type of dream. I have a feeling of consciousness that is between the spirit and me that I can think and speak as if awake, although others may be in the dream, only the deceased and I are animated. Sounds weird, but it has happened several times. These dreams stay with me, and unlike normal ones, are not forgotten. My husband, my husband's parents were very social, fun-loving people and loved to have a good time dancing and just getting together with family and friends. My mother-in-law passed away several years ago, but a month after she passed, I had a dream that there was a family gathering on their farm. My husband was uh, had a large family, and we were all inside the farmhouse when I looked out the window and saw her coming up the walk. In amazement, I announced to the others, Look who's coming up to the house! I opened the door and let her in. She came to the door, went over to my father-in-law, who was sitting on a bench next to the window. She sat next to him and picked up his hand and looked directly in his eyes. It's a big party, she said. And I am so happy I am with people I haven't seen in years. Don't worry about me. I'm having a great time. I woke up wondering why I, of all people, would have a dream like that and not her own children. I also had the feeling I was supposed to tell his family about it, but felt it wasn't appropriate, really, for me to do so. This past November, my father-in-law, who had suffered for years with Alzheimer's, took a turn for the worse and was on his deathbed. His family surrounded him, and his last few days, uh, when the time came, called the funeral director who had done the services for their mother. My husband came home and could barely get his words out of his mouth when he told me what the funeral director found out uh, found out it was his dad. 
He said he had a dream about him the night before. He dreamt he was on the family farm and my father-in-law came driving into the parking area and told him he had come to pick up his wife. I don't know if this man has ever been to my in-law's farm. I think they went to the same church, but with the age difference and all, I really don't think he was a close personal friend. I know I didn't know the man from family get-togethers. How he could dream uh, of the two of them, especially on the farm, is beyond my imagination. The whole family was astounded by it, and coupled with my dream of her being with him on the farm, it all makes sense and makes me happy in the belief that they are once again together. Thank you for your show and sharing my experience. We'll be writing in again. Okay, I always say it, but it's not a coincidence. That there? The, that the funeral director dreamt no. about him before he passed away. I think there's a connection there. I think so, too. Yeah, I think that totally qualifies as a connection and not just a dream. Yeah. You know, because I think that's true. I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? I mean, and I don't dismiss all experiences where you dream of dead loved ones. I just, I think it's a natural occurrence to do that where, without it actually being a visitation. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think every time you dream of someone who's dead, they're actually visiting you. Okay. I think sometimes it, it is. It's just, I don't think you can take every one of them literally. Right. But the times that it is, um, yeah, I, I could understand how it would seem more real, you know, and, and then especially, especially if there is some sort of connection made. Yep, I agree. So, I, I that's a very interesting story and in that it's kind of funny because, you know, you can sit there for a long time and not know what the connection is. Mm-hmm. You know, to that and not want to say anything and just kind of wait for it, wait for it. And then eventually, bam, they're, oh, okay, that's why I had this dream. Did she ever tell the family? I don't know if she did or not. I think at, at this point, since the funeral director shared a story like that, I think her window is there to do it. I think it's appropriate at this point, don't you? Yeah, I think it's completely appropriate. The only thing is you run the risk of uh, that... Yeah, yeah. So Uncle, and so had a dream, yeah. so now you had a dream too. It just depends on the rapport you have with the family. Yeah. Whether or not how they view you. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not that's an issue. And that may not be at all a concern. Sure. But it may be kind of like too late now that it, it probably would have been a little bit better if she had said it mm-hmm. first and then the husband found out the funeral director had a dream. Sure. And then it's that kind of validates both mm-hmm. at the same time. Funerals have good food at them sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. It's horrible to say, but sometimes they do, and sometimes it's 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 really bad. What's the best food you've ever had at a funeral? The last funeral I attended, I have to say the dessert table was about twice the size of the regular food table, yeah, and I'd never true. been to a funeral like that. <laughs> really? No. Is that a northern thing? That I think is a northern thing. Really? Yeah. That was... It's all the Germans. That was unbelievable. Yeah. And there's all the salads and everything, and... It's like a... It, it, it is kind of like a family gathering. They'll throw... Which it is, but it's like... The food aspect of it never changes from like 4th of July to a funeral. It's like, here's a thousand salads. Here's all these casseroles. I've I've come to the realization that people up there will throw anything into Jell-O and call it a a Jell-O mold. That happens. And that's always, I've never been a fan of that, but it happens. It's like mystery. I can't get my mental, 
I cannot get out of my mind the thought of Christmas vacation where there's cat food in the jello. <laughs> That's where my mind goes. I've with never that. seen that, but I've seen green olives. I've seen shredded carrots Ugh. together in a jello mold, um, which is just disgusting. I don't know why you'd ever want to do that, um, but that happens. So then you have a lot of jellos, salads that are mixed with um, marshmallows. That's another popular uh, choice up there. Um, then there's like semi-fruit salads that are fruit, jello, a lot of marshmallows. It's just this combination. Uh, and that's not, that one's not bad when you get some walnuts in there too. Yeah. Kind of tasty, kind of just bizarro northern food. I think, I think this is all German church basement lady or Lutheran church basement lady stuff, but... It was, I have gone to see church basement ladies. Yeah. It was exactly like that. It's real. And I thought the whole time that play was a major exaggeration. No, it's really it's pretty, completely real. pretty dead on. Yeah, completely real. There have what's I'm trying to think of uh, like the worst food I've ever had at a funeral. <laughs> the uh, this this wasn't the one that I had went to, but my my mom jokes about it. It was one in Black River Falls, Wisconsin, and I think it was for an aunt or an uncle. And it was kind of disappointing because it was a church basement lady deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, I don't know if there wasn't many church basement ladies left. And it was like little sandwiches, you know, like the cocktail bread. Uh-huh. That's like mini loaves of bread. Uh-huh. It was like those with like a little bit of the spray cheese on. And uh, I think it was sprinkled with crushed uh, ruffles. <laughs> and that was the food. <laughs> it was lunch. Oh, wow. Join us for a reception in the basement. It's like at that point, just don't have a reception. Just, you know, hey, go to a restaurant. Who wants to go to... You know, yeah. You know, but... Uh, it's interesting, uh, funeral food and the part of the country you're in. That should be a topic on the message board. Best funeral food you've ever had. Now this, and worst funeral food you've ever had. This wasn't actually at the funeral, but the night that my great-grandfather passed away, mm-hmm. he had been struggling for so long that we we were just kind of, it was kind of sad to say, but it was a relief to know that he wasn't suffering anymore sure. and, and everything was kind of past in the past and so we went out for the best fried catfish of my life and this is in south central louisiana mm-hmm. and i will never forget the catfish i had that night it really? was amazing there you go yeah funerals can sometimes bring good food there you go <laughs> which is not a bad thing you know when i die i hope whoever is coming to it finds some good food somewhere whether it's at the funeral or just wherever it is just, just to enjoy themselves a little bit. Are you going to add that into your will along with the entertainment you've already selected? <laughs> I don't know that food's on there, actually. I don't know that I... Oh, I think I did put something in that should be like a good, nice caterer or something. Next story. It's going to be an awesome funeral someday. Sherry writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. I had submitted a story last month, but I'm not sure if you guys got it. Oh, part of it I should add to this. We'll have to, on the my Willoughby, turn the lights off in the basement of whatever church this is at, and then play some of our best ghost stories of me sharing the ghost stories from the grave. And everybody has to hold flashlights and listen. <laughs> that would be awesome. We'll just leave that little memo for your second wife hey, to handle. No, there's, there's not going to be another one. Okay, You're right. it. You just have to carry this out. Yay. Or the girls do, or somebody does. Whoever's, the girls whoever's do. Left. Maybe one of our listeners will have to carry this out. No, I'm not that Sherry who sent in that amazing story about her mom. No, this is Sherry from Texas, 
and mine was about a deceased friend of mine who visited me in my dream, then actually held my hand. Anywho, I have another story regarding him, only this happened when he was alive, way back in the 80s. I worked at a haunted house, you know, a house put on in October with people in costume to scare other people. At the time, we had rented an old house and had set everything up for that season's business. It was an older house. My friend said it was 100 years old, but I'm not too sure about that. Definitely was an older style and did not have any central heat or air, rare in Texas. It was a small, but in it served our purpose as well. We set up each room in a scary scene, and in the doorways between each room, we had plast- we had uh, hung large black plastic sheets so you couldn't see what was awaiting you in the next room. While we were working in- on it uh, during the week, one or more of us would stay inside the house overnight for security. The windows were already boarded up, and we would padlock the doors from the inside. All the special effects and whatnot were turned off and mostly covered with a sheet. My friend would sleep in one room on a cot, and whoever else stayed with him brought a sleeping bag and slept wherever they could on the floor in another room. It was me, my friend, and another guy who were sleeping there one night. I had a hard time falling asleep because of the uncomfortable floor, and it was a bit stuffy in the house, but eventually I did. We ended up sleeping on the floor of the hallway next to the room my friend slept in. On the other side of us were two rooms connected by an opening that we had made through the wall of the adjoining closets. I woke up in the middle of the night hearing something. As I lay there, I realized that what I was hearing was footsteps in the next room. Not the room my friend was in, uh, the opposite one. As I listened, I could hear the steps walking around the first room, and then I heard the plastic between the rooms crinkle as if someone was going through them. Then footsteps in the next room. This went on for what seemed like forever while I lay there in the dark, frightened. I shook the guy next to me to wake him up. When he did, I just said, Listen, do you hear that? He did, and he said, What the hell is that? I shook my head, telling him that I didn't know either. We listened for a bit while the footsteps slowly walked from one room to another, rustling the plastic along the way. Finally, we got the nerve to get out of our sleeping bags and go wake up my friend. When he was awake, we told him what we had heard, but by that time, the walking had stopped. We decided to search the house to make sure it wasn't an intruder. All the doors were still locked from the inside. There was no way someone else could have been in that house, and like I said, there was no central air or heat in the house, so it wasn't something like an AC blowing the plastic around. We looked into the history of the house and found out the previous owner had actually died in the first room where I had heard the walking. Her children had each thought that uh, that the other had been taking care of her, so when they finally realized something was wrong, she'd been dead in that back room for quite a while. Huh, nice kids. Her name was Molly, so after that we always joked that she was still there. We never talked about the footsteps again. Thanks for reading my story, and you guys are great. I love listening to you while I'm at work. I'm currently an EPP, and I'm binge listening to the previous episodes. Thanks a lot, Sherry. Now, you know those kids have to live with the guilt of knowing their mom rotted away in that room because nobody checked on her. And they should. That's awful. No, it's not. It's honesty. No, I mean, it's awful that they they didn't check on her, and they didn't yeah. know that she had died. But they learned a lesson. Check on your dying loved ones more often. <laughs> it's a haunted, haunted house. That would suck having to live with that, but... Yeah. Hey, sorry. Cause and effect. 
Unfortunately, they learned it the hard way. You know? Uh, haunted houses are... Uh, I love haunted houses. You went to your first one this year. I did. It was fun. It was a haunted, what, woods, corn maze? Kind of field. all the above. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was a good one. I mean, not that I know, but I know a lot of people that go to them, they say it was a good one. You know, I want to go to one that was also actually haunted, um, and it's on the Queen Mary. Okay. They actually have one every year. Yeah. I've never been to it. I have some friends who have gone to it, um, but they actually have it in the ship. Okay. And I think that would be awesome. Just because it's a creepy location to begin with, and I've always wanted to go there. Um, but also because you can just get this shit freaked out of you, and you never really know if what you're seeing is a real ghost or not, because that's a very highly active location. I wonder if they play into that, the ghosts. <laughs> like, actually go into the haunt and try and screw with people? Yeah. And I would. I know you would. I wonder if the real ghosts do that. That's where I first learned or ever heard anything about an EVP. Okay. Was on an old episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> and they put a, a tape recorder, like the old school tape recorders, like you'd get at the library. And uh, they put it in the hull of the ship, uh, like towards the front of it. Because it had been an accident once, and the front of the ship had been crushed. Oh. And uh, with that, some workers on the ship uh, were killed okay. in that part of the ship. Um, and the EVP on the tape recorder picked up sounds of screaming. Okay. No one else in there. This is not like a public area of the ship. Um, and it, this was like probably the 80s or something when they did this. But very interesting. Yeah. And I, I remember like watching, it's on, I think, the Ghost uh, Unsolved Mysteries DVD. Like, and this new technology, or this new thing called electronic voice phenomena. I think it was, it might have even been called something slightly different at the time. Yeah. But it was, it was interesting. And that tape was really, honestly, to this day, still one of the more chilling EVPs I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, of all the ones that we've heard, it was very clear, and it was very clear screaming, like death screaming, in an area where there had been reports of, of people who working are working on the ship now as a hotel mm -hmm. have heard sounds. I don't know if I want to visit it. Oh, come on. I'll let you go. Well, would you at least tour it? The no, ship? that would be visiting it. Well, I understand if you don't want to stay on the ship, because I want to stay on the ship. I would never stay on the ship. I'll get you a Best Western, or you yeah. can stay at the local La Quinta, and I'm going to stay at the... Uh... No, I'll be some <laughs> other cool hotel, and you can be on the... I want to be on the ghost ship. ship. Yeah, go ahead. I had friends who got married on that ship, actually. Yeah. And it was... I mean, it's very elegant. It's really nice, but anyhow. Uh, Ryan from uh, Pottstown, Pennsylvania writes in, Hello, Tony and Jenny. I love your show, and I've been listening for almost six months. First... Wanted to mention that uh, on an episode a few days ago, a listener wrote about a, a sanatorium, uh, a sanitarium in California. Uh, if I'm correct with that, well, I wanted to say that there is an asylum only about five miles from my house that had the same story. It was an asylum for the mentally challenged and for anyone who had the slightest reason for having to be put in an asylum. The asylum is called the Penhurst Asylum and had the history of being overcrowded and underfunded, along with many practices that were horrible for the patients to endure. 
It ended up closing down because of this and is now a haunted house attraction during Halloween. Ghost Adventures from the Travel Channel did an episode there and it was one of the creepiest episodes of that show. I think I saw that one. I think so too. Yeah. I could go on for a while about the history of the asylum, but I suggest that Jenny possibly research it and see what it's all about to save some time on this letter. It's an awesome place with, I believe, seven buildings that are supposedly actively haunted. I have one ghost story to tell you. It takes place on a road in the town of uh, uh, Betchelsville, Pikesville, uh, from which has come to be known as Spook Lane. The real name of the road is Keem Road. My friends and I were in my friend's car and we were driving down the road when we decided to stop, just taking the surroundings. This is mostly a dirt road and is two lanes, but is barely enough for one car. There are remains of what used to be a stone house that butts up against the road and the story of an albino man who lived up there with his devil dog. Well, the night we went down the road after we stopped, a dog with red eyes came out of the woods and jumped on the thankfully closed window next to me. We took off down the road and went and looked back, and I saw a man, purely white with reddish eyes, staring at us as we drove away. I was scared out of my wits along with my friends as we hightailed it out of there. I'd been back to the road. Yeah, I know. What the hell? Numerous times, and it's always a creepy road, even during the day. Listeners should Google map the road and check out the overhead shot. It's just a creepy area. Thanks for sharing my story. Love the show, guys. Tony, you're awesome, and your wife is a perfect co-host who knows the most. Take care. Ryan from Pottstown. Okay, how pale would the ghost of an albino person be? How would you know it's a ghost? I would think it would just fit in. I think it would kind of be fuzzy. Because it's so white? No, I mean, just the view of the apparition would kind of be fuzzy or hazy. Oh, because it's already kind of a glow to the apparition Mm -hmm. initially. I see what you're saying. Well, the red eyes give it away, and it's not necessarily evil. No. It's just that's what folks like that have. It's it's the red eyes. It'd be very frightening. That way, yeah, I don't think I'd want to see that. No. I want to Google Earth that, though. I'm always up for a good creepy Google Earthing. We should do that later and yeah. put it up on the website. We should do that right before we go to bed. Sounds good. Uh-huh. Jessica writes in, I just discovered your podcast within the past month and just became an EPP member about two weeks ago. Thank you, Jessica. I was listening to episode one of the EPP and wanted to mention that I have reoccurring dreams similar to what Tony had mentioned, where he's unable to complete a phone call. In my dreams, there's some urgent need for me to call a particular person and I'm dialing the number so fast that I always hit a wrong button. Then I'll slow my pace down just to make sure that I don't mess it up and I always get the last number and I dial the wrong one. This pattern just continues for the rest of the dream. I still have that. I hate that. That's the most annoying thing. <laughs> it is. And it's like, what the hell? I don't know what it, uh, what all that means, but uh, if you figure it out, uh, then let me know. I had volunteered to assist my mom with cleaning and cleaning out her garage and moving everything to a storage unit. She had downsized to a townhome and did not have a lot of extra space available, so her garage was stacked with boxes filled with Christmas decorations and lots of other miscellaneous items. This left no room for her car, and if you live in Florida, then you know that nothing sucks worse than hopping into your car that has been boiling in the sun all day. Little did I know that I was about to have my first paranormal experience. 
First, let me say that I've always been fascinated in anything paranormal for as long as I can remember. I'm not a skeptic, however, that doesn't mean I believe everything I read or hear. I guess you could say that I'm open-minded. Here's my story. It was a bright, sunny, and hot Friday on the day I helped my mom. Storage unit she rented had just been built right in front of the entrance to her neighborhood. So it was very convenient. We walked up there and rented a small moving truck that was available from the same storage company. We worked hard all day, packing her belongings from the garage into the truck. When we were done, we drove up to the storage unit to unload the truck. This was my first time going into the storage area. I'd only been in the front office earlier to get the keys for the truck. Let me describe the building. It's huge. All the units are indoors, and there are three floors. Inside the storage area, it looks like one big warehouse with mazes of concrete hallways, different size storage units. Each unit has a door that you open by pulling the handle from the floor, and it rolls up like a garage door. There was also music playing from the overhead speakers throughout the building. I remember it being soft rock or pop music that played songs I'd heard hundreds of times over the years. Two large electric sliding doors served as the entrance to the storage part of the building, and they opened to an area that has two huge elevators. In this area, there are carts lined up against the wall that you can use to stack your items on and then roll your cart to your unit. There's also a vending machine to the left of the doors, and to the right is a side door that will take you to the front office. My mom's unit was on the third floor. After we had loaded up two carts, we entered the elevator, looked for her unit. Let me specify that we were the only ones in the storage side of the building. We had all the carts and elevators to ourselves. It was really quiet on the third floor. The only noise we heard was from us wheeling the carts and chatting with each other. But I really didn't like the time we spent unloading the carts into the unit. I could not wait to leave. I don't know why. I just didn't like how I felt. And considering we were inside a cool air-conditioned building, I should not have been in a big hurry to unload more boxes from the truck in the humid Florida weather. But I couldn't wait to get back downstairs. At this point... I wasn't really giving it much thought as to why I wanted to leave. I just vaguely assumed it was because nobody else was around. I wasn't thinking paranormal, and I didn't say anything to my mom. When we got downstairs, the employee from the front office said they were going to close soon. Since my mom wanted to turn in the truck, we decided to unload the remaining boxes and stack them up on the carts to get them ready to take up to the unit after my mom handed over the truck keys. The storage side of the building is open 24 hours, even after the office is closed. As can be expected, I was ready for a little break. So as my mom went through the side door leading to the front office to take care of the paperwork, I sat in an empty cart in front of the elevators with my back against the wall. We were still the only customers there. I was using my phone to check out my Facebook, sent a few text messages, and I was kind of singing along to the overheard music. Right now, I can't remember the song, but it was definitely an older song that I've heard a ton of times, and a song I know my mom would know as well. I was totally engrossed in my phone, but singing the words to the song in my head. The chorus of the song came, and as I was singing in my head, I heard a second voice, a female singing along. The song was sung by a male, so this is how I knew I heard a second voice. I just naturally assumed it was my mom, thinking that I was too involved in my phone to notice that she had come back. So as I was concentrating on updating my Facebook status, I slowly stood up to finish the rest of the task at hand, disappointed that my break was over. 
I looked up from my phone to greet my mom, and nobody was there. I said, Mom? She wasn't there. I didn't really give it much thought and was kind of relieved that I could continue my break, so I sat back down. A few minutes later, she came through the side door of the front office, and we started bringing up the remaining carts to her unit. The office staff had left. My mom and I were officially the only ones there. While uploading the next two carts, I decided to go back down and get a drink from the vending machine. I was not comfortable being alone. Walking down the hallway to the elevator, and even at the vending machine, I felt like I was being watched. And this was when I finally started thinking maybe it was something paranormal. I couldn't wait to get back to my mom, who was still on the third floor. I just felt like we were not alone. I got back to the unit and finished helping my mom unload the carts. However, we still had four more carts downstairs to bring up. We decided to use both elevators and bring the last four carts up all at once. We left two carts in front of the elevators on the third floor and took two to the unit to unload. As I was finishing this up, my mom went to get the third cart. While unloading this cart, there was a loud, unexplainable thud from off in the distance. This noise echoed through the whole warehouse. It freaked me out, but I looked at my mom, and she didn't seem to notice, so I didn't say anything and just kept unloading. Then my mom went to get the last cart that was in front of the third floor elevators. When she came back, she asked me if I had heard that loud noise from earlier. I said, yes, I had. Why? She said that when she had gone to get the third cart, she had noticed a large trash can in front of the elevators, which which I had also noticed earlier. It was a large, heavy plastic trash can with a tight-fitting lid, like you would use for yard work. Well, my mom continued to say that when she went back to get the fourth cart, the lid to the trash can was in the middle of the floor. She picked it up, put it back on the trash can. There's no explanation as to why the lid would have moved from the top of the trash can to the middle of the floor, and it had to have moved with some force considering how loud it was when it hit the floor. I then told my mom about how I had thought I heard her singing along to the music while I was waiting for her to turn in the truck. Then she said that after we had unloaded a couple carts and were heading back downstairs, that she heard me cheerfully singing to the music and had thoughts to herself that it was odd because I was hot and tired and not in the best mood, but she could also not recall ever hearing me sing out loud. I told her it was not me. We looked at each other and then started walking faster because we couldn't get out of there soon enough. I've never been back, but only because I haven't had a reason to go back. Whenever my mom talks about needing something from the storage unit, I always volunteer to help her, but we have different work schedules now, so it hasn't worked out. Just a side note, the next time my mom was in the front office to pay her bills, she mentioned our experience to the employee. The employee told her, yes, the building is definitely haunted. Of course, I immediately grilled my mom for more information, but she did not ask the employee for details, which is why I want to go back. Thank you for reading my story and keep up the great work. I love the show. Jessica from Florida. I can't help but wonder if it if it's the building that's haunted or if there's something yeah. in hey guys, the building. It's an, it's, an, it's an item in the building. You think it's an item? And that's, and that's not an EVP. That's me pressing the wrong button. Good job. Yeah. No, that is, um, it's a building. It, it, it's an item in the building. I, I this In the most part, storage units are fairly new. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless somebody, you know, yeah, this was bodies buried in the concrete underneath the building. 
You never know. You never know. But my guess with all the stuff that goes into storage units, a lot of it being old stuff, somebody's moving out of grandma's house or parents downsizing and moving into another place and they need to put their stuff somewhere. There's a lot of antiques, a lot of things, you know, that have a lot of, I'm sure, emotional ties to, which is why they're being kept in the first place. Uh, I think storage units are probably a hotbed for paranormal activity. That's exactly what I would do with something. If I had to hang on to a item that had been in the family a long time and it was kind of my responsibility, but it was haunted, mm-hmm. I would put it in a storage unit. And then hope that a grandchild someday takes it and gets haunted? No, just if I couldn't bring myself to get rid of it, let somebody else get rid of it someday. Would, would you let them know? Would you write a note and put it on the item? Like, dear future grandchild... This thing is haunted. Don't put it in your house, but don't get rid of it. Is that written by Crazy Grandma Jenny who did that ghost show? Yep. Love Crazy Grandma Jenny. (laughs) P.S. Don't keep any old mirrors. P.S. I'm going to haunt you in your sleep. No. I'm coming to you in dreams. Every time you dream about me, it's real. Watch your back. (laughs) The small little threats? No. No? No. No threats. <laughs> Not like bad threats, just, you know. I'm going to haunt you, watch your back. That That's a pretty bad threat. <laughs> that is. That's a bit extreme. Uh, what could you say that's, I don't know. <laughs> just something to make him go, crazy Grandma Jenny. <laughs> Yay. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us let's go uh, to a caller before we wrap up the show for the day hey guys it's lauren from ohio again i just heard my call on the podcast and it was pretty awesome to hear my story told um on the, the podcast for everyone to hear but i just want to clarify that uh jenny i, I really do believe with you believe uh what you're saying and agree with you about how you know you can be certain houses that um, you just have bad luck and you just, you know, like Tony said, you're drawn to it. But the truth is, is I've always been able to see things and I've always, I see things, you know, every day, almost everywhere I go. Um, I am insanely empathic. I can sense and feel things from, you know, anybody at any time. Um, my emotions are always fluid as, you know, what other people are feeling at that time and I have um, I guess my first uh, inkling of that was when I was young I was driving through an intersection with my mother and I started bursting out crying I was probably about 12 or 13 at the time and I couldn't figure out why I was crying I was just so sad and later that day we had found out there was actually a fatal accident in the intersection in which I started crying at and I had no idea why I was crying and I had no idea there was an accident. That was just my first experience. I mean, I understand that if you live in a house with a cemetery, you're obviously going to have, <laughs> you know, action or interaction with ghosts and whatnot, but I actually knew what I was getting into going in. Um, I remember I walked into the house to check it out before we actually signed the, the agreement with the landlord. And I didn't feel as if anything was malevolent or, you know, threatening. And I honestly don't believe it is. It's just the shock factor, I guess, of seeing it. 
um, when you're least expecting it and when you're home alone. <laughs> um, my boyfriend is not so much of a believer, but uh, he takes my stories into consideration. He listens to what I have to say, and he believes me and what I can and can't feel. Um, the, another story I'll tell you is the house that I just recently moved out of was not haunted in any way or shape or form, and somehow I actually managed to have a spirit essentially find me um, and would continually say hello, clear as day in my ear every time I went down to the laundry room and the house was built by my family. It was, you know, nobody had passed away, nothing about, nothing about it was, um, nothing about it was pointing to being haunted. So I wasn't quite sure about that, but I like to think it's, it's all positive. It's all positive uh, spirits, and they they're just my talk. Or um, I actually, my grandpa came through to me one day and actually followed me around for about a week till I relayed a message to my stepmother for him. Um, actually, I had no idea what the message meant, but as soon as I told my stepmother, she started to cry. So I guess what I'm trying to say is. I don't really want it to be following me, but I think I'm an open book with that. I think they're attracted to me. I think they can find that I can see and hear them, so they, you know, look for me. And it's kind of like you guys always say, they're they're out there and they go, oh, look, she can see me. <laughs> and they, they come to me, but um, I love being an EPP. Um, so love you guys as a couple. I think you guys are hilarious. And... Jenny, I like the way I like the way that you keep Tony in check. <laughs> and I like I love your accent. I am myself a little bit uh, southern background, so it's very close to home for me. So um, I'll try to call in more and tell you some more of my stories. I have a lot. Thanks, guys. So you know it's torture for somebody that's as empathic as she is. Mm-hmm. What? Walmart. All the people in Walmart. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying a place that's full of people. There's a lot of emotions going through Walmart? No, it's just somebody that's as sensitive as she is, as mm-hmm. empathic to that degree. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to be picking up on whatever the guy picking out apples is feeling or the person over in automotive is feeling. That's It's just torture. Or one of the random women wandering through there with eight children screaming at all of them at the top of her lungs mm-hmm. while eating Cocoa Krispies out of the box. Yep. Yep. Picking up on those vibes, too. I imagine there's probably a lot of distressed emotion. And I, I wander through Walmart quite frequently to pick stuff up. But, yeah, there's a lot of unhappy people wandering through those aisles. And that's probably true for any store, but I don't know. There's something... I think there's a spike at Walmart. Yeah, I don't know why that is. I just... I Walmart's not my happy place, yeah. I can tell you that. But Sam's Club, I think... Everybody seems to be happy at Sam's Club. It's you know the samples. That? The samples. You feed people and they become happy. That's true. Walmart never really has samples. It very rarely has samples that I can think of. The sample machine was dropping Hershey Kisses the other day. And it dropped two for me. Nice. So I got to give one. Target does samples to quite frequently. 
Yeah. You need samples. You want happy people? Do more samples. Free stuff. That, that could totally change the atmosphere of Walmart. It could. That and maybe a little extra cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> just a just a smidge more. Uh yes. There you go. Wraps up the show for today. 855-853-4802. Our phone number to call in a real ghost story. We'll get it on a future episode. Of course, please become an EPP. That's what keeps our show going. Without EPPs, you got no show because it costs money to give you this show. All the hosting fees, uh, not not our fees, but literally the the cost to put the audio on the internets and have it downloaded to you. That's not cheap. Uh, it's internet hosting, and there's a lot of that. Uh, it's the cost to run all this stuff, so please uh, consider uh, becoming an EPP. It's only five bucks a month, and uh, you get a lot of bonuses. Right now, uh, 20 bonus episodes sent to you instantly, and every week, an extra bonus episode. Only for EPPs, so check it out. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Thank you in advance for supporting the show and keeping it going, because we love doing it. For Jenny Bruski. I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.